and to Jesus be the glory today and the honor and the praise and dominion and majesty. And God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being my family. I really mean that. Thank you for being my family in the Lord. My wonderful family. God's beloved people. Today we're going to continue teaching on the 10 revelations of the Lord's Prayer. And I pray the Lord today will make this so beautiful and so simple for you to understand. So let's pray. Wonderful Lord Jesus, we come in your holy name. And Lord, I pray you will make this so simple and life-changing. I pray your name and only your name and all of this will be magnified. For to you, Lord, and only to you belongs all the glory, all the majesty, all the honor, all dominion and authority. You are God Almighty. And we give you all the praise, sweetest, wonderful Jesus. Gospel said, Amen and Amen. Now, the reason I am teaching on what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, remember I told you yesterday, that really is the church's prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17. But when they said to him in Matthew 6, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, pray after this manner. He didn't say repeat the words. He said, just pray after this manner, meaning, meaning, roadmap. He was giving us a roadmap. When I grew up in the Catholic school in Jaffa, we prayed every day. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. Lead us not into temptations. Deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory. I mean, we pray that every day. And of course, it's a beautiful prayer, of course. But what God was really giving us is a roadmap into his beautiful presence. So you see ten revelations. We already looked at our Father, which art in heaven. Yesterday we saw that. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Today we're going to look at thy will be done. Now, what did we see so far? Well, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you see this. Number one, relationship, our Father. Well, you can't say my Father. You can't say our Father. You cannot call the Lord my Abba without a relationship, without being born Again, by the Spirit of God. And it's the Holy Spirit who cries within us, Galatians 4 says. It's the Holy Spirit who cries, Abba, Father. He's crying in our hearts because of relationship. And we saw the importance of relationship when it comes to prayer. So if you want God to answer your prayer, if you want to see results, relationship. Number two, which art in heaven? Citizenship. Relationship, then citizenship. Because as citizens, we have rights. We have heavenly rights. No different than a citizen of a country has rights on earth. We have heavenly rights. When we approach God knowing, I am a citizen of heaven. Philippians says our citizenship is in heaven. 
we're not citizens on earth. Our bodies are, our bodies are, our bodies need a passport. So we have to carry a passport of the country we live in. But spiritually, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. That's our number one citizenship. And the most important citizenship is heaven. So when we approach God and know that, that we are not uh, of earth, we're in it, not of it. You know, I said many times how Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He could have gone back home to Aaron, but he did not, and to Ur, but he did not. Why? Well, because he knew he is a pilgrim in the land of promise looking for a city whose foundations are heavenly, that God has built. He was looking and waiting for that day he'd be there. So are we. But when we approach God, anytime we approach God, God uh, looks at us with favor when we see ourselves as citizens of his kingdom. So, our Father, which art in, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Worship. Worship is key to prayer. So, worship should come before petition. And the problem is often our prayers are not answered because we make requests before we worship. But worship must be first. Then we make our requests. All right. And now, after hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We put his interests ahead of ours. I covered all that already yesterday. Today I want to deal with the fifth road in that roadmap. Thy will be done. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy 29. Because we have to understand, when we talk about the will of God, there are three revelations of the, of the will of God in the Bible. First, the secret will. The secret will. Two, the permissive will. Three, the revealed will. So when we say, thy will be done, which will are we praying that would happen on earth? Thy will be done on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what we're praying for are two things. Number one, we're praying that the secret will be done on earth too. And now we're praying that his revealed will be done. Not his permissive will. Because when, when we say thy will be done, we have to see what the Bible teaches. Are we saying, let your permissive will be done? No, because it says, he gave them their heart's desire, but sent leanness unto their souls. Per, uh, God's permissive will was seen with, with Balaam, when God said, don't go with him, and then he said, go. Well, he didn't say go, because he changed his mind. He just said, go, meaning do what you want to do. He, he did the same with Israel. When they wanted, remember when, when, when God said, I want you to go and spy the land, they came back with a bad report and then they changed their minds and said, no, no, we're going to go in. And God said, you know what? I'm not, I, I will not go with you. Moses said, the Lord will not be with you. But they, they still went in presumptuously. They, they, they didn't hear from God. Often people do that all the time in this life. That is permissive. But there's no blessing with the permissive. So when we pray, your will be done on earth and in my life and your life too, we're talking about 
secret will or revealed will. The secret will is shown to us in Deuteronomy 29 and also in Isaiah and in Romans. Let's look at all three. Verse 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord, our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So there is a secret will. What is it? All right. Let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah 46. So we we need to pray daily for the will of God to be accomplished, not only in our lives, but in the world, especially in this church. So God says, declaring, I'm reading Isaiah 46, 10, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Secret will. They're not yet done. Saying, my counsel will stand. I will do all my pleasure. So God here is revealing the fact there is a secret will because he says, I declare the end from the beginning, from ancient times, meaning the the past, the things that are not yet done, that haven't yet been revealed, haven't been done. Saying, my counsel will stand. I will do all my pleasure. Now, I know some are, are saying, well, why are we to pray your will be done if God will do it anyways? Well, because God works with us. He will do nothing separate from the church. When we do not pray, we delay his will. Please hear this. When we don't pray, we delay his will. That's why it's very important to to understand God will do nothing till someone agrees with him. Till someone says, yes, Lord. You know, Isaiah went to the Lord in Isaiah 6. And when he saw the glory of God, and God said, whom shall we send? Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Well, God would not have sent him had he not said, I'm here, send me. D.L. Moody was in a, in a service when he was young and heard a preacher say, God will shake the world if he can find one man to use. And D.L. Moody said, I'm the man. And God used him. So God is always looking for that someone, like a Moses, to say, I'm going. Or like an Aaron, or like a Joshua. So it's very important to understand God will not do it without us. We cannot do it without him, but he will not do it without us. Because in the Bible it it says, nothing is impossible with God, not to God. With God means he is looking for someone to work through. So it doesn't say nothing is impossible to God. No, with God. With God. There's always agreement in glory. Always agreement in, in, in glory. And God always looks for a man to touch humanity. Always comes through a vessel to touch humanity. That's why he created Adam. And we'll talk about that some other time, but it's a powerful revelation from God's word. God will do nothing without a man. That's why Jesus came to earth, to be the man, the representative of humanity, that God's will will be done through him. And Jesus became God's will in action.
All right, so let's look at Romans chapter 9. So we still have to pray that for it to happen. Chapter 9, verse 19, Paul talks about the secret will. He said, Thou will say then unto me, in uh, Romans 9, 19, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Meaning, secret will. Since no one knows God's secret will, who can resist it? So nobody can, but we need to still pray that it will be done. As it is in heaven now, being done to be done on earth. So, now let's also look at the revealed will. So, the secret will cannot be resisted. Nobody can fight the secret will. We, the church, need to pray it to happen. And then when we pray, it does happen. Now, there is that revealed will that people can fight against and resist, and they have, and they still are. So let's look at uh, Luke uh, 7.30. Jesus said, but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. So they resisted his will. They fought his revealed will, which is revealed through his word. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel or will of God against them, themselves, being not baptized of him, meaning John the Baptist. So now let's just look at a few things in the uh, in God's word about this blessed revealed will. So I just showed you the secret will cannot be resisted, but the revealed will can. So we need to pray that God's Secret will be done and revealed will be done. So Romans chapter 12. Let's look at Romans 12. And we're going to look at verse 2. And the Bible, of course, we all know this by, by heart. Well, we should know it by heart. And so it says in verse 2, as we all know, Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So God's word then reveals it. The the secret will God's you know God's word doesn't reveal it. Only God knows it. But the revealed will it's throughout the Bible. For it says here, be renewed by the by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God revealed in His Word. And Psalm one nineteen makes it very clear that. Only the Bible reveals to us God's revealed will. And that is the will that keeps us alive. And we were listening to one of Catherine Kuma's teachings yesterday in the car. And she said, if, if you want to find God's will, have no will of your own. Get out of the way of us. If you really want to know God's will, have no will of your own. Don't make up your mind before God shows you. So it says, make me to understand, Psalm 119.27, make me to understand the way of your word, your precepts. Then I will talk of your wondrous works. So how do I understand the law uh, or God's will? Through the word, through his, through, through his word. Same thing in verse 33, same Psalm 119. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I'll keep them to the end. So here, God's revealed will has got to be shown 
and has got to be taught. When I study the Bible, when I read and study the Bible, I am learning God's mind. I'm learning God's will. So I can make decisions knowing the way he thinks. And God doesn't, you know, show us his will only by the things he said. It's also by the things he did or the things he allowed to be done through his servants. Like we say, okay, is it God's will to heal? Yes, why? Because Jesus healed. He came and healed. Is it his will to forgive? Yes, because Jesus forgave. Remember, Jesus is, is God's will in action. You you can dis- discover God's will just by learning Jesus, but just looking at the Lord. Just see the way he did it, what he said, and what he did, what he allowed. It's his will. So, let's also go, let's, let's also go to, uh, uh, verse 36. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, not to covetousness. So, Lord, turn my heart towards your will. Turn my heart towards your will. And when I said earlier what he allows, I wasn't saying what is against his word, you know? God doesn't allow anything against his word. And I don't know, I want anyone to misunderstand that because a lot of things people say, well, God allows this, God, God allows that. No, no. If it's not in the Word, it's not God's will, whatever it is. We have to know the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation to know the mind and counsel of the Lord. So many of you probably have decisions you want to make, but you're not sure which way to go. Let the Bible be your guide. And And, and people who don't know the Bible have no idea what they should do in life. Okay, so now we are to pray, thy will be done. And when we pray, thy will be done, now something beautiful happens. Look at uh, Psalm 103. This is so remarkable. This is so remarkable. Psalm 103 verse 20 says this in 21. Bless the Lord all ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, you ministers of his, that do his pleasure or do his will. You know what is so, so amazing? That when you and I declare the word of God, angels are released to do God's will on earth. Because we are the ones declaring it. Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice. Well, who's speaking it on the earth? Hearkening unto the voice of his word, the church. The church. Now, let's go to num- uh, number six, that in the roadmap. So, here, here we saw what? We saw relationship. We saw citizenship. Worship. Now, we, 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 we put God's interest ahead of ours, and now we, we pray thy will be done. Now, number six. Give us this day our daily bread. So, now that we've had relationship, citizenship, worship, God's interests ahead, and now we've agreed with this word, which is the fifth in the roadmap, now we come to that place where we can ask and receive. I, I, I pray you really caught that. We cannot receive till we have accomplished five things. 
One, relationship. Two, worship. Three, citizenship. Sorry, let me go back. One, relationship. Two, citizenship. Three, worship. Four, putting God's interests ahead of, of, of ours. And five, we agreed with His word. Now we can ask. Now we can ask and receive. For it says very, very clearly in Philippians 4. Let's look at it together. And you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, if we know the Bible and we do it right, prayer can never go on unanswered. Can never go unanswered. If I'm walking with God, if, if I know to whom I belong, if I'm worshiping, if I'm putting him first in my life, if I agree with his word, how, how can I go wrong in prayer? And now it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to the Lord, unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow. So, God Almighty wants to, to, He wants to hear the details, the details of our needs and desires. Very important, very important that we understand. I remember Miss Schumann saying, if you have a problem, tell God about it. Talk to God about it. Be so open with Him. He is the closest friend you have. He understands you way better than you understand yourself. And I think what we're missing is what Jesus said. He said, go into that closet and just talk to me. Now I'm going to say a few things before I pray here that I think are so, so important. You know, that prayer can be a whisper. That prayer can be a longing in your heart. People don't have to shout at God. They don't have to go pounding the floor, beg. No, no. He hears the whispers of our hearts. He answers this precious whisper, desire and longing of the heart. And sometimes God will answer a prayer like Rita Lacour. I told you about Rita Lacour, maybe... Some of you have not heard me tell about it. She had multiple sclerosis. This precious woman was in a wheelchair for a long time. She went to, to one of Catherine Coleman's meetings. It's a precious woman. She's sitting on that wheelchair and she's watching all those miracles. And in her heart she cried, Lord, if that woman up there, meaning Catherine Coleman, is speaking truth, heal me. And she felt the power of God go right through her instantly. And she said to her husband, something is is happening to me. She was a French-Canadian Catholic woman, never been to any meeting like she had been uh, uh, that day. God healed her completely of MS. I've seen the same happen in our crusades and meetings, where people come with just you know, such a heart of such purity and honesty. Catherine Marshall, the wife of Peter Marshall, who was the, the pastor of the President's Church, the Church of the Presidents in Washington, became the chaplain of the Senate back during the Second World War. She was ill. Doctors didn't know what, what to do. Her husband was preaching 
on the woman with the issue of blood, and she was listening on radio to his message. When she looked up in perfect simplicity and, and surrendered to the Lord, and God healed her instantly. All God is, is looking for is for us to trust him. So how does that happen? When Jesus becomes more real to us than our disease, that's when miracles happen. When Jesus becomes more real to us than our troubles, that's when the problems go away. When Jesus becomes more real than our own life, that's when the miracle always takes place. So get in the presence of the Lord. Have that beautiful relationship with Him. Know you're His, a citizen of His kingdom. Begin to worship and adore Him. Put Him first in your life. Agree with His word. And then make that request with simplicity. And watch what God will do. Wonderful Lord Jesus, I thank you for today's wonderful word. I pray you'll use it to bless many people, your people. Meet every need, Lord, today. Meet every need. Answer every prayer. You hear that whisper of the heart, like Hannah of old, who prayed for Samuel. You give her a little boy. She had a mighty man of God come forth. And she, your Lord, you heard the whisper of her heart, even though Eli did not see it. You saw her heart. We give you the praise. Meet every need, Lord, even now. I feel such an, an, an anointing for you right now. Lord, we agree. We agree that burden will be lifted. That need will be met. That prayer will be answered. In Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. Amen, amen. Tomorrow I'm going to go on the seventh revelation. And then we're gonna, I'm going to finish the teaching. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So join, join me tomorrow as we conclude. And right now it is time to give to the Lord's work. And I told you yesterday, and I'm going to say it again today. Giving is the greatest thing you can do in this hour. For yourself, for your children, for your future, for their future. Because giving not only guarantees the blessings today, it guarantees them tomorrow when the world will be very dark. It's dark already, but it's going to get real dark and darker, darker than you'll ever imagine. Gross darkness will cover the earth the Bible says in, in Isaiah. But the light of God will shine on you and through you as we live the Christian life, as we cling to the Lord, as we get hold of life eternal. Yes, coming to Jesus with all of our hearts, never walking away from his side, sitting always at his feet and loving him. And as we give to him out of love and gratitude, it doesn't matter what the amount is. It's our love that matters. It's our faith that matters in His sight. And as we give to the Lord's work, we guarantee our future tomorrow. We guarantee our children's future tomorrow. That we will be at peace tomorrow. And we will not be living in fear of the future. We will not be living in fear at the time when these things are going to be happening globally. 
Look what's happened the last year or so. Come on. It's going to get a lot worse before the coming of the Lord. But we as believers, nothing to worry about. Why? The Bible tells us, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. And the path of the righteous man gets brighter and brighter. We're not getting into darkness. We're going from darkness to light. The darkness is behind us, saints. The darkness is behind us. God's light is before us. When it comes to finance, guaranteed in the Bible, guaranteed, you cannot lose. You can never lose when you give God's your seed, when you give his work your seed. So Lord, bless them as they obey your blessed word. Magnify your name through them. And Lord, no lack. Your word says none lacked among them. And Lord, none will lack among us. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor. Amen. Okay, go ahead and sow your seed right now. On the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benihin.org, or simply, just simply text, BHM 45777. Much love to you, and I'll see you tomorrow. And don't forget this Friday, our healing service. Bye-bye.